From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, October 4th. The Moab Valley gets much of its water from aquifers fed by snow and precipitation in the LaSalle Mountains. It's important to know how much water is up there, especially in times of drought. KZMU's Justin Higginbottom reports on a new device to help do just that. I'm standing with Jordan Clayton from the National Resources Conservation Service. We're in a grassy clearing at around 10,000 feet, and he's just finishing up work on a snowtel site. Snowtel stands for snow telemetry. So we're up at the Gold Basin area of the LaSalle Mountains, and we are installing a brand new snowtel site. Uh, this site is designed to measure the water equivalent of the snowpack using a snow pillow. We'll also measure snow depth up here. Sensors also measure air temperature above the snowpack and moisture in the soil. This looks like a big rocket. Uh, it's actually a precipitation can, and it's an, it's an accumulation-style precipitation can, meaning that it measures everything, and it just accumulates over time. So whatever falls into the can, snow or water, gets measured. Behind the metal rocket is what's called a snow pillow. Well. That's the thing that, that looks like a big white sheet. That's actually just the cover. The snow pillow is underneath there. And it's a Hypalon pillow that we fill with a mixture of uh, sort of a bio-friendly antifreeze and water. And that's important because we need to be able to feel the weight of the snowpack. It's connected. In front of us are the scars of last year's Pat Creek fire. That fire destroyed a mid-mountain snowtel site. There's one more at lower elevation that has been recording snow levels since the 1930s. So this higher elevation site is going to help us uh, to, to do a better job forecasting that mid to late season stream flow that the other sites just weren't quite high enough to really capture. A higher elevation sensor is important in warm winters when the snow line is higher or later in the season when the snow doesn't stick to lower areas. The sensors aren't only important for data on water levels, but for avalanche conditions. The Lasalles are popular for backcountry skiing and the mountains include a lot of high-angle, avalanche-prone runs. Eric Trenbeth is a Utah Avalanche Center forecaster and based in Moab. He also helped put in this snowtel site. From an avalanche perspective, it really helps us know how much snow is falling in the mountains. And one thing that it has the ability to do is measure water content, because it's one thing to say, well, we got 12 inches of snow overnight, but it's more important to know how much that 12 inches of snow actually weighs. You can check out Trend Beth's avalanche report this winter at the Utah Avalanche Center website. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. In northeast Montana, climate change is making it easier for invasive trout species to drive native trout to extinction. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Sophia Stewart-Rossi reports on how tribal and non-tribal agencies are researching this issue together. They want to preserve Montana's Flathead Lake as it has been for centuries. Sometimes you have to wait. Just a second, you know, you have to wait for the fish. I finally got one! The sun is beginning to rise over the Mission Mountain Range, and Jason Malin has lost count of how many lake trout he's caught from his boat in the middle of Flathead Lake, Montana. Flathead Lake is one of the cleanest lakes in the world. It's filled with crystal clear water that flows out of protected lands of the Forest Service and Glacier National Park. The lake stretches for nearly 200 square miles. The southern half lies within the boundary of a sovereign nation, the Confederated Salish and Kootenai tribes of the Flathead Reservation. 
See, now this to me is a big, big fish. Colonizers introduced the invasive lake trout to Flathead Lake more than a hundred years ago to increase fish production for recreation. And as these fish keep populating, they're pushing native fish species like bull trout to extinction. Malin expects to catch about two coolers worth of lake trout today, roughly 100 fish. Yeah. Woo! In a rhythm with two fishing poles, Malin has only caught lake trout this morning. He's noticed changes to these fish over the last 20 years, like how big they've gotten from eating a lot in the lake. I could put 100 fish in that cooler, no problem. Mm -hmm. And now it's you can fit 50 in there and you got trouble closing the lid. The Rocky Mountains are experiencing an average increased temperature of 2 degrees Fahrenheit due to CO2 emissions being emitted into Earth's atmosphere. Warmer water temperatures make it easier for non-native trout, like lake trout, to thrive, while native fish struggle. And now lake trout have begun to invade the rivers and streams around Flathead Lake. A lot of invasive species are invasive because they're better at dealing with the changing planet that we are creating. It's tipping the scales towards the invasive fish. Postdoctoral research associate at University of Montana's Flathead Lake Biological Station, Charles Van Rees, is actively working on saving another native trout species headed to extinction, the West Slope Cutthroat Trout. Native trout species like West Slope Cutthroat and Bull Trout have become genetically diluted as the species interbreeds with non-native fish. Genes are being mixed, and with repeated crossbreeding, a species may be lost forever. Van Rees' research team is hoping to find the specific genetic makeup that non-native trout have that withstands human-induced climate change. Having this information will allow scientists to detect and potentially prevent invasive species from genetically diluting a population and increase the odds of native trout passing on genes that make them more resilient to warmer waters. Van Rees says if species extinction is preventable, Humans should try to do that. But in my opinion, you know, when you think about any species on the planet, this is a biological lineage that has persisted for billions, millions of years to become what it is. It's, a, it's an independent, you know, lineage of, of evolutionary history. It's beautiful. It's unique. It's never going to happen again. Where do we get this idea that it's okay to destroy that? The Confederated Salish and Kootenai Tribes Fisheries biologist, Barry Hansen, has been working with Montana fish for over 30 years. Tribes are in a unique position because they have a long history with species that occurred here, evolved here, whereas most non-tribal people are fairly newly arrived here and not so don't have the history or the attachment to the native species like tribal people do. Hansen and his team have been actively working on suppressing lake trout by 75%. They want to keep some lake trout around for fishing guides who are financially invested in that species of fish. Hansen says that native trout have been adapting to changes to the lake for centuries, but are now decreasing in population. He says the least humans can do is try to take out the introduced and invasive trout species to help native trout survive. 
One way they do that is by hosting Mac Days on Flathead Lake, where anglers are invited to come catch and kill as many lake trout as they want for cash prizes. And then even if you had the lake trout problem, removing the lake trout wouldn't be enough because you would have that doesn't fix your climate change issue. So we can fix the lake trout issue and we have the resilience to climate change in this system. The two degree change in temperatures means ecosystems are changing, threatening species extinction at Flathead Lake. Agencies that monitor fish around the lake are actively researching how they can help native species survive, keeping Flathead Lake what it has been for centuries. I, I just I just love Flathead Lake. It's so beautiful out here, you know. In Montana, I'm Sophia Stewart-Rossi. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, October 4th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.